Hey everyone, welcome to Snakebite Podcast number 22. Have you guys checked out digbmx.com lately? If not, you should. They have been helping us get these pods out to you for a while now, and they also have some awesome stuff on the site right now. Uh, if I go, if you went there, I'd recommend reading the Life After Print series. They've like talked to Jeff Z, Delecky, kind of what you know the photographers did after the fall of the magazines. Definitely a good read. Um, they also have an article up on the new S and M book that's coming out, which I'm really, really excited for, and I cannot wait to get my hands on one. So go over there. Check that out. Um, yeah, that book should be awesome. Uh, today I sat down with one of my best friends who, who's actually an X Games champion and a street pioneer. Um, you usually don't put those two together that often um, unless your name's Bruce Chrisman. Uh, Bruce and I sat down and chatted it up for a while, so I really hope you guys enjoy this pod. Um, and thank you. All right, here we go. No flavor? No flavor ones. I'm gonna remember this though. No what are you, animals? No flavored carbonated water? What's wrong with you? I mean it's not like it's sweet either way. This doesn't have sugar, this isn't sweet. It's still but the no carbonated bubbly water is so you like, don't ever drink water? You don't just drink Yeah, then I just drink water. And then, and then add your own sugar to it? <laughs> you, you have to have flavor every time you drink water. This doesn't have sugar. Well then right, but my point is, I'm just you saying, have to have flavored just everything that, you consume. That plain bubbly as a liquid. Well, you have to have bubbles in it. If you're gonna have bubbles, you gotta have flavor. I'm drinking this because it's free. You just gave it to me. All right, I was all right, bro. I, was, I had hey, my coffee. I was all right. You know, I ain't drinking no coffee. Uh, well, I know that. Oh yeah, you don't no caffeine, huh? No, I drink caffeine. I just hate coffee. Oh, coffee is gross. It's bean oh, wait, juice. No, Doctor it, Pepper. It's bean juice. Who wants bean juice? Who, who wants pepper juice? You. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is that the intro? Yeah, we've, I've been recording the whole oh, time. Oh, okay. And no, I mean, I just, my podcast. No, I just filmed it like I just recorded like that. juice and yeah. Here, scooch in just a little bit. All right. Uh, anyway, we're here today with my good friend Bruce Chrisman uh, on a nice fall Portland rainy day. Um, Bruce came over and we're gonna, we're gonna chat some. What's going on, Bruce? Oh, not much, man. Actually, you're right. It is a typical, uh, I shouldn't say dreary, but cloudy day. Perfect for riding. Yeah, I wanted to ride this morning and that did not happen, so. Nah, I took the dog out. I didn't get a ride. Actually, I jogged, man. No, you did I literally took a jog. And let me tell you this, for all, all those old timers or, or mid-schoolers out there, including myself, I've been taking glucosamine. Mm-hmm. I've, I've rarely missed a day. I've probably missed two or three days in the last six weeks, but I've been very uh, religious on taking my two pills a day of glucosamine, and I can finally jog again, man. What's it do? I mean, my knees, you know, my age now, almost 40 now, dude, my knees literally would give out. It had this crazy sharp pain. And no, I, would, I get the same thing. I would, I'd like jog one mile, and I'd have to walk all the way back. Yeah. And anyway, so I started taking glucosamine. My wife got me these pills like six weeks ago, taking them almost every single day. And I'm back jogging, dude. Like I probably jogged in the last week, five or six miles, which is better than nothing. I mean, I wasn't jogging at all this last year. Hmm. So anyway. All right. I'm back to jogging. <clears throat> okay. Um, 
Well, let's get back to talking about bikes. Sure. <laughs> well, uh, I'm back to riding, too. Uh, so, Bruce, you... I mean, you grew up in the, the Portland area. You grew up... You, you, you grew up... Were you born... You're born and raised in Tigard, right? Yeah, Tigard. So, I always refer to it as Portland, because... It's, it's a suburb of Portland. Oregon. But yeah, Portland, Oregon. Born well, and raised. What kind of... I mean, I met you, I think, a few years after you started riding. Kind of what... I know kind of the, this pod, so this pod is going to be weird for me because I've never interviewed like one of my close friends. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like where I'm not going in like fanboy yeah, <laughs> over I mean, somebody, but, um, cause yeah, we met at Burns, it was at Burnside or no, we met at, uh, we met. Nelson, but we'll get to that. Oh geez. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So ha- t- tell everybody how you kind of got into writing. Um, so my, my very first, my, my family's really into mo- uh, dirt biking, yeah, racing back in the day. My dad, and my uncles all did. So I grew up riding. Um, but my first experience, I remember seeing um, on TV, and I think I questioned Condor Matt Hoffman about this. Didn't they? Was it back in like early nineties? Didn't they have the B three contest? Or, or not the B3, it's called BS Contest. Yeah, they had that be- aired on TV. I don't ever remember seeing them aired on TV, but I mean, it could have been. I, it was on TV before, you know, cable was a big thing and all that. It, I remember seeing a, a vert contest. Okay. And I had no, I, no clue what was going on. I was like, oh my God, this, this looks so rad. And a guy, his name was Bruce, actually, he dated my cousin back then. So he must have been like, I don't even know, 17, 18 years old. He was watching, he's like, he goes, yeah, I used to do that. And I'm like, what, you did that? I was like, tell me more about it. Like, how do I get into it, you know? Yeah, and, how old were you? Oh, God, it must have been like 11. <clears throat> 11 years, okay. Or something, yeah. like 10 or 11. And long story short, he ended up taking me down to the store and bought me a, a copy of BMX Plus. Yeah. So he kind of got me into it, you know? And all I knew, I mean, we didn't have ramps around or anything then. I just knew that I wanted to save my money up. And I saw Dave Volker uh, sit behind a GT performer, a black GT performer. I I, I know that. Remember ad. That he's sitting. He has sunglasses on. And no, he's kind of crouched down. Well, we, I, me, and, me and Chris actually looked at the ad in the magazine the other yeah. day. So, yeah. So I think what was that ninety three or something? Something. Yeah. yeah. And so probably I was probably twelve years old then. Um, anyway, I saw that ad and I was like, okay, I'm saving up. I'm gonna get that bike. I ended up getting it. In fact, I got a GT, I think an Interceptor before that even. Because yeah. that's all I could afford. But you ended up getting a GT Performer? But yeah, I got a GT Performer eventually. And, I mean, we didn't have much, you know, um, videos to go by in magazines except for if we could find a copy at Barnes & Nobles. And I happened to get a copy of Ride On and Head First from a local bike shop. And that's basically what led me on, man. Um, just watching those, you know, the, the VHS tapes and McCoy and Mira, the list goes on. I was just trying to ride like them, pretty yeah. much, and mainly freestyle, like I said, because there's no ramps around then. And then, from what I know, like, I mean, it didn't really seem seem like you rode with some older dudes before you kind of linked up with like dudes our age. Like you rode yeah. with, like uh, kind of Portland legend Brett Hadley. Brett like Hadley, yeah, you, yeah. You know, flat. I mean, he could ride everything, but definitely no more for Flatland. Well, yeah. How'd be- you How'd you end up meeting Brett? Yeah, before Brett was a guy. Um, let's see. It was uh, Liquor Store Dave, the guy. He still, <laughs> no, he still works there at the liquor store He's, in the Tiger. And, and he rode. Yeah, because I, I got a bike, and I was literally just learning, man. I couldn't even do, like, I mean, nothing. I just ride around parking lots in Tiger, and I saw him doing a surfer. Yeah. And it was, it was probably 8 or 9 at night. It was pitch dark, 
black, and he's he has his headphones on. There's light from the the, the lamps in the, the, the uh, parking lot, and he's surfing across the parking lot. And I'm tripping, dude. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! I just chase him down, you know. And I got his contact, and then I end up getting um, meeting Aaron Gunther too. I don't know if you guys remember that guy back. I in vaguely the day. remember that name. He worked at the zoo. Okay, and I really looked up to him. He, he could, you know, he could do tabletops and some flatland stuff. So, to me, that was just incredible. He could do any bike tricks because I wanted to learn so bad. Yeah. And he eventually, you know, got me in contact with Brett Hadley, and who took me to my first jam ever, actually up in Curtis's ramps up in uh, Olympia. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first experience. I'm like 14, 15. Is that years where old we met? Is that Curtis's jam before? Um, was Dave Tom there? The thirty well, kids. Dave was and always, everything? Yeah, everybody was always there. And Matt Sager. Was that after or before Nelson? I think that's before, dude. Okay. I think. I mean, I think I literally just got, you know, met Brad, uh, Brett, and um, Aaron, um, and then we they they headed up there. They told me about the jam. My parents, I'm like 14 years old, and they're having to these adults, you know, come to my yeah, my house. Brett like, would have been like mid 20s or something. Yeah, something. You're like, hey, he's a cool. If your kid comes up with us, and my parents are cool. They're fine. And um, dude, I tell you what, that jam though was one of the most memorable things we've had talks about. My experiences with Mira and Nike was coming up yeah, and everything, yeah. but that jam, dude, played a big part in my, Wait, my career. I mean, there were so many jams at Curtis's. Did I, were you still riding your GT when you went up there? I, I believe so. I think I was in a performer. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I think I just got my Dino Slammer. Okay. I finally, I, I upgraded to my Slammer with the Slammer bars even. Do you remember what, I mean, I'm trying to remember, I was at most of those jams. What, do you remember anything... From that jam, that's what I was about to say. Like it was, it was life changing. I mean, Dave Asada was there, man. Yeah, it was Sager, uh, Dave Tom, Dave Asada. I think Jason ends. Was it with the? Well. And we had the street spine outside. Yeah, I had the street spine outside the forfeit outside. And uh, what was crazy about it was, was uh, Sato. I mean, aside from the tricks he was doing, then you know he's doing like Canadian full barsman tooth halves or tooth ha- uh, falls and that. And Trickless was insane. He's by far. Oh, the best yeah. bike rider there, you know, it's just it was amazing. It was like I've seen a pro biker, and then soon after that, didn't he win that the uh, not Chicago? What was that contest? Oklahoma, Oklahoma, where he contest. won AM and turned pro and won pro. He's like eighteen years old, yeah. And that so it was like literally, I just seen that guy at this jam in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Olympia. You know, it definitely this, was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like a barn, basically. See him ripping it up, and all of a sudden, you know, in the magazines a few months later, you see he's uh, he's blown up and he wins this big pro contest. So. That was, I'd say, one of the highlights of my earlier times yeah, in my yeah. career. So, so you'd ride with Brett. What? What? I mean, you would. Is Brett just somebody you'd always go out and ride with? Or? Yeah, I mean, whenever he wasn't working, you know, Brett was like weekend guy, and here I'm in school and that, and trying as much as I can to, to ride. But um, definitely, dude. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't really know anyone else. So I, I, met, I eventually met Daniel Randall. Yeah. But as a, the older guys' influences for sure, Brett Hadley was. Is a big influence on me. Okay, so yeah, the first the first time I remember meeting you, and I think I mean I think I was probably at the jam that you were at with Brett, but I probably you know there was I mean for those jams back then there was probably a hundred people back then. Yeah. At that jam, must have been yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. But the first time I remember meeting you was at a contest in Nelson, Canada. (laughs) Yeah. And I think was that ninety? It was ninety five because it was the second one I went to. And right. you and you were already with Daniel. Yeah, I'm like 16. And who did you who did you go up there with? Daniel. Um, it was Ben Ward, 
I think Ben Ward was that. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben. Ben, me. Were you with ODB at the time? Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't rolling with me. I God, if I remember, maybe I it was just you, Daniel, and Ben. Maybe, or maybe Andy Merrill. Okay, that makes sense of Andy. Was yeah, because that was the first time I met you, and I remember meeting you and Daniel, and you guys were, you know, a few years younger than me, mm-hmm. and you had like a yellow standard. Yep. And you always had a straw in your mouth. Always had a straw. I know it was a bad habit. And uh, yeah, I just remember you and Daniel being really young, really and super good, like definitely surprising some people at that contest. Dude, we wrote a lot then. I mean, Will Burnside was only spot really back then, and we were we were riding a lot. It was that was some really good times. How'd you end up um, meeting Daniel? Um, through that local bike shop, Randall's Bike Shop. Okay, was like. Uh, you know, a mile down the street from me it was the only bike shop in town. They actually carried, they they carried Hoffman and GT, and so they had some. You know, I got head first and right on for them. Yeah. So they were actually, you know, into the. Anyway, you say his his nephew uh, rode BMX. Um, Daniel. Maybe? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So Don Randall and I went to school with Dale, his son. Dale's a little bit older than me, but they introduced me to Dan Daniel eventually, whom uh, eventually came to ride for Hoffman bikes and. Was, incredible bike rider you haven't followed him in the past but daniel was um you know a few years younger than me two three years younger but just way ahead of the game man i mean very very gifted athlete daniel was and i'd say one of the best riders to ever come out of burnside oh yeah for sure he was yeah how did i mean you and daniel i mean like our crew kind of was like that first crew to really start riding down at the park at least consistently i know like scott hagness and yeah. Jim Barnes and some other Northwest dudes, you yeah. know, would pop in periodically. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was it like going down to Burnside? What was it like, probably 93 the first time you rode there? It was sketchy. Was it you and Daniel? <laughs> yeah, it was Daniel and I. I mean, he, he showed me the park the first time. My We went, our moms met for lunch. Yeah. And it was downtown, down across the other side of the bridge. And Daniel was like, uh, while they were talking, let's go see the park. I'm going to show you the park. And so we walked across and he showed it to me. And back then it was, it was, um, God, it was so incomplete. The um, there's a wooden quarter pipe. The old, it was like one of the old portable quarter pipes yeah. that some BMXers donated to the park back yeah. then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that it was even a cinder block wall back then. I think that was in its place or something. To do. I, I can't remember the exact setup, but there, there was a wooden ramp there and maybe some grind boxes. And it was almost just like a big slab of concrete, wasn't it? That you started yeah. to build stuff on. And um, was a bowl, the big bowl. What, by then, I don't know. I mean, I wrote it when the Spider Bowl was there, so the Spider Bowl was kind of over by the Big Bowl, but it was like six yeah. feet deep and bumpy. Right. Yeah. So anyway, he showed that to me, and from then on, man, it was like I mean, I was so infatuated into BMX. I just wanted to ride. I always wanted to do whatever it took to make it happen, and that happened to be the only park in pretty much Portland was Burnside, so... It was one of the only parks in the West Coast. I mean, yeah, thinking about it, I, I knew of no other places to ride, and, of course, suited my riding style, which is more towards ramps, front brakes, four pegs back then, and so I tried as much as I could to go down there, and it meant waking up very early. Yeah. And just get kicked out. Yeah, t- I mean, explain to some people about, like, how it was. I mean, people... people. It's funny, because people will come in the shop nowadays, and they'll be like, Freaked out to go to the park, you know, and we've been riding there for a long time. Yeah. But they'll tell you stories, and you're like, no, these stories are from, like, 1994 or Yeah, something. no, yeah. I mean, what was, so what time would you get to the skate park back then? Because um, I know that when I'd go, I know what time I'd get there, but... i try to get there, like, 5 or 6 o'clock. Like, in the morning. dark out. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd set my alarm for, like, 3, 30, 4 o'clock, 
take the bus down, try to get there by five o'clock. So you take the bus in from Tiger? Yeah, before I got my license. Okay. Yeah, so I take my bus in, and occasionally my friend, you know, when he started driving, we'd be able to do that. Do that, but uh, a lot of times was, I got a bus pass and headed down there as early as possible. Hopefully, it wasn't raining or wet or drizzled sideways, and. And then, of course, it was just it was a 50-50 chance of us being able to ride. Yeah. I mean, there were some, like, there were some hardcore, you know, skaters, patrollers back then. For whatever reason, I mean, well, it was the peg thing. It was us ruining it. But, I mean, it was, like, dudes that are really adamant about keeping us out of there. And it meant, you know, it didn't. It meant that we didn't get a ride sometimes. I mean, literally yeah. wake up that early and they'd be there early, too. And Yeah, dudes would be sleeping there. I'm, like, 15, 16-year-old kid. Of course, I'm not going to argue with them. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, man, it was it was a battle, and sometimes a bust, even right by inside. But any, what was some of the weirder things you saw in the earlier days down there? Oh man, like stories. Jeez, man, I got a long list. I mean, give us a list. Great. Give I mean, seeing you know people shooting heroin, grow up there, they're just high out of their minds. This a needle hanging out their arms. Um, who saw a dead body there? I, I never saw a dead body. Somebody Someone said there was a dead, dead body, body in the big bowl in once. The bowl, yeah. And which I I know there's been people found people dead down there, but yeah. I I I've heard there was a dead body in the big bowl, mm-hmm. but who knows? There's, um, you've seen plenty of fights down there, brawls, and oh man, you name it. One of the things I remember. Do you, do you remember back in the day uh, when everybody be huffing paint on the side of the hill, all passed out, and then the cops would come in on the four wheelers and try to like. <laughs> chase everybody out i don't remember seeing that but i believe it i, mean, I just remember you remember the hill where everybody would like sit back in the day uh, above the parking lot there'd be people right, right right just passed out with rags over their nose from huff and paint i believe it yeah. so that was enough that the outhouse remember the outhouse they actually stored there yeah having that the, the guy that came and cleaned that weekly oh was, we'd have to, we'd have to leave the whole skate park leave, because you leave for like i mean an hour at least dude yeah it was horrible Clear out, yeah yeah, so you so you started riding the park then with Daniel like yeah. early nineties and mm-hmm. you know I remember when when I moved here we'd be out of the park by eight in the morning. Yeah, I mean you have to. Yeah, so so you guys are riding and then I mean like yeah when I met you guys at that that Nelson contest it, you guys seemed like you were progressing pretty fast. Yeah, man. I mean by then we uh, we had the park and then we had built some of our own ramps. I mean I eventually had. I built a box jump, yeah, which I mainly just wrote as a quarter pipe, and then Daniel had his own rant, you know, like a portable, uh, portable quarter pipe, and some stuff in his by his garage. But um, yeah, I mean, we we just we kept on it, man. We were just riding a lot, and just that's what we wanted to do. And you know, crazy now, we we've had plenty of talks on this. There really wasn't. I mean, we had dreams like yeah, be a pro biker, you know, because by then we'd had uh, the Woodward experience, and we we started getting a touch and feel more of you know, what was possible to do as far as a bike career goes and that, but still, yeah, it was, it was more, I mean, dude, we just loved riding, man. Yeah. We didn't know that, you know, like eventually we're going to get paid or anything for that. It was like, maybe we can get a box of product Mm -hmm. or something. That was like literally like the big thing to, to, if you thought about it, I, I was like, man, maybe one day I'll get some free shoes Yeah, or some parts. I won't have to uh, built, you know, spend so much money building a bike, like 800 bucks, a lot of money for a young kid back then. You're thinking, oh, maybe I could just get some flow one day and be able to actually afford bikes and yeah. get bike parts. So, um, yeah. What, what, what did, what did the Portland scene feel like back then? Um, I mean, not, not many riders back yeah, then. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It, I'm, it, 
I know bef- that's before I moved here, mm-hmm. and it you know I didn't even know you guys existed, and yeah. you know it seemed pretty you know empty from like how big it was in the late eighties at that time, you know. Yeah, there wasn't many people, and um, it was just a cool surprise whenever you were down at the park, for example, and some out of towner came in. That was a really tr- a real treat, you know. Yeah, getting to see like, a different style and perspective of bike riding, and it was a really good time. So about. I mean, it feels like, you know, when we connected, I think I moved to Portland, Mm -hmm. like what, 96, and I feel like a bunch of people started coming to Portland then to to start ride, to to ride, Yeah, it started coming up right about then, huh? And it just felt like the whole scene started like coming up, and then everybody was just, you know, it felt like 19, like 96, Mm -hmm. we'd have like, how many people would be down in the park riding in the morning? More, huh? Yeah, because that was my senior, 97 was my senior year, so 96, 97, and you're right, it's, it seemed like there was all of a sudden more people coming in town or moving into town or passing by more. Yeah, and, and I think that's when the sessions down... Just started park. blowing up, yeah, you're right. The sessions started coming up a lot more Yeah, around that time. I mean, like down the park then, we'd be like you, Daniel, me, mm-hmm. Andy Merrill, yep. Twinfin. Rich, Rich Hirsch eventually came down. Rich, hands. Rich moved down. Matt Puro. Who else was riding out? Rocker hands. Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rocker Matt. That's right. Um, I'm trying to think. And that Kaz, that guy Kaz was there. All oh, the that time. guy that skated and, and rode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was really sick. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like right then the sessions really started popping off, and mm-hmm. we all ended up with video cameras and started filming. And that's right. Yeah. So well, we we kind of uh, Hagnus was doing the infection video. Yeah, dude, we and should so talk. He influenced a lot of why yes, we started he did. filming. Yeah, he really did. It went for Scott Hagnus. And his dedication. I mean, think about the time coming down, just film like he he has fil- uh, footage of us we didn't know existed. We didn't even know he was he, filming. Yeah, dude, he he has so time. much footage. Like, yeah, let's talk about like. So, how did you end up meeting Scott and filming for the infection videos? Because that's probably some of the first. It's so funny looking back because I never thought people outside of the Northwest saw infection videos. Yeah, and then when you talk to people, a lot of people had seen. The infection video. So it's probably some of the first footage people ever saw of you was yeah, the infection videos. It probably was, man. How did you end up meeting Scott? I, I don't even know. I'm thinking, was he was he in Nelson? He was at he was at everything okay, back then. Yeah, yeah. Man, okay, maybe I met him there or maybe uh through that bike jam through Brett, because I'm sure I'm sure he knew Brett. Yeah, Brett and him have rode since then. the mid eighties. Yeah, and I, I we got linked up some, somehow and he decided to come down to Burnside and film us. Yeah. Maybe, he has, maybe through Daniel he you know he's yeah. responding, but he came down to Burnside. That was my first interaction, really, with Agnes was filming at Burnside. Yeah, I remember some so. of your old clips in the, you know, you doing, like, big 450s over the hip, yeah. some big alley-oops. Yeah. Um, you and Daniel, like, bunch of spine tricks down there. Oh, yeah. And that, that was a big deal for us, dude. I mean, it was we didn't have cameras then. Yeah. And we had, I remember we had it planned out. You know, he was going to come down. It was a Saturday, super early, or Sunday, whatever it was. And, I mean, we were, like, training mode. Getting get, ready for, for Well, because for you didn't know what time you get kicked out. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah, but making sure we had our game locked in because when Hagnes got there, we were going to nail this. And of course, for me, it was a 450 yeah. over the hit back then or and what an X up or whatever else it was. But it was a really big deal having uh, Hagnes come to Burnside and film us. Yeah, and so. those videos when they came out in the 90s were always a big deal. Yeah, for sure. They really were, yeah, big, uh, some of the biggest to come out of the Northwest. Which was the first one? Were you? Is it Infection Three the first one you were? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. they were. They had a couple out before I was even in one. Yeah, and then so you said you and Daniel went to Woodward for a few years. Mm-hmm. 
Um, who was like, because in the 90s, I mean, back then it was like a who's who of who was working at Woodward, you know, with like pros. Yeah. Who were some of the pros that you guys, like, that were there that helped helped you guys? Yeah. Um, well, at the time, it was uh, Joe Rich, Lucky, or like counseling even there, like yeah. the instructors and everything. Um, oh, let me think. I feel bad. I, remember, I think maybe Frymouth is there. Adam Banton. Yeah. Was the other time as well. Joe Rich, Lucky. Um, oh, it's for the counselors. God, I feel like I'm just, I'm space. I'm missing people. But anyway, at the time, you know, Mira and Nyquist, yeah, were like the big dogs. And of course, you know, Mira in the '90s, there was nothing bigger, yeah, than Mira than in the '90s. Um, but um, she's a lot. Maybe yeah, Steel. You guys and you guys goes on. Yeah, and that, but, did Woodward? Do you think Woodward helped you guys? A lot with your writing? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we... Like, my first year there was right out of high school. I, and I graduated in 97. And my parents ended up helping me out. Actually, I'd saved, saved up um, enough money for, like, a week or two. And they said they would match it for a, um, a graduation gift, you know? Yeah. So I ended up having enough money for three weeks at Woodward, plus my airfare, and just got a bike, too, and a standard, you know? Yeah. Headed out there, just so stoked, man, as a camper. Long trick list. You know, I was ready when to learn flips, truck drivers, tail-ups, the whole thing. And, um, yeah, man, I was just, I was on a mission. I was on a camper there, because there was no other foam, there was no other foam pit or razor pit that I knew of in and, the world. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just knew this camp had... This, uh, this, your capability is learning crazy tricks, which, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn flips. So the number one thing. So I went to Woodward, learned flips, mm -hmm. stoked. And, um, I actually, I had such a good time by the end of camp after that three weeks, I ended up, um, I had my mindset on coming back the next summer and trying to get a job there. Yeah. So I signed up to be a dish dog. Yeah. And they hired me. I mean, I'm just flipping out. My God, I can't believe I'm going back somewhere after. So I worked as a dish dog. Daryl Na was there. Mike Laird. Um, Aaron Bostrom. Yeah. Long list as well from there. But yeah, that was, man, that was an epic back-to-back -back summer. Spending time at Woodward. Where, so you were going to Woodward and, I mean... Where was the point back then that you're like, I'm going to try to make a push to be a pro bike rider? Was there a point where you said that's something you want to go for? Yeah, definitely, man. And it, it was, it came the time when I'm just out of school, you know, I'm having to make a decision what it is. I'm, am I going to go to college, which I did try to do. You know, I was really into wrestling. You know this. Yeah. I mean, you moved to Southern Oregon for a while. I did. I yeah. Bay. Because you had, so I remember you moving to Southern Oregon. And we rode the old Forest Grove skate park, and you separated your shoulder nose wheelie yep. in that tight quarter pipe. Forest Grove, yep. And that, I remember I you, bad. and then you moved to Southern Oregon to go to college on a wrestling scholarship. Um, not a scholarship, but just to wrestle. Yeah, just, you know, as pursuing. If you guys didn't know, Bruce was a badass wrestler in high school. I wrestled a lot. Why well, I, I wrestled? I wrestled competitively since age four. Yeah. Until I graduated in high school, and then a little bit after that, I helped coach. And, as and well. yeah, yeah, and you you still up till recently still help coach and yeah, stuff. Once yeah, yeah. Try to be a mentor every once in a while, and I, I, I like working out still. And you know, wrestling was a huge part of my life, dude. Yeah. And I um, anyway, right out of high school, I was like, okay, I got I got to do the college things, what people do. 
So I went down there with one of my best friends, then at Coos Bay, was on the wrestling team, going to school. And then I come back and forth, you know, to Tigers, like four or five hour drive. Yeah. It was, and I come back on the weekends or every other weekend, hang out with my family. And I wasn't riding. No, because your shoulder was hurt. Yeah, I mean, my shoulder for one, and then I was training for wrestling. And yeah, I did that as a third degree EC separation, like as bad as they come. And so I couldn't ride anyway. And there was, this is, I mean, several months went by. I'm doing the wrestling thing. I'm going to school. And I come home, and I'm finally able to have enough strength, you know, to do a bunny hop. Yeah. Whatever it was. So I get on my bike, pull it out of the garage. And it was like, just instantly, I was like, dude, I just, I love doing this. This yeah. is exactly what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. And and um, from that moment, I just quit school. I went back that following weekend. And I, I just, remember when you came home, yeah. Yeah, I just dropped out of school that following weekend and told my buddy, sorry, it's not what I want to do. And um, started working for my dad a little bit. And your dad's and a logger. He's a logger, yes. Yeah, so I grew up in a logging family as well. Started started helping him with the tree business and just writing every minute I could possible. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I just, I, you know, having spent time at Woodward, I, I finally saw that, you know, wow, a guy could actually make a career out of this. Yeah. You know, it's a long ways off, of course, you know, but whatever, it's, it makes me happy. I don't care if I'm, I'm poor and living on a shoestring. I, this is still something I want to do and I want to pursue. What'd your parents think of that when you... Um, I mean, they, they thought it was nuts. I mean, who was making a living then? Who was making an honest Maybe living? Th- four people. Three, three, four people in the world. Was, yeah. You know, and, and so of course it was just, I got ridiculed for it and, and, and that's fine. I understand from their point of view. Um, but I knew it made me happy. So, um, I ended up going to camp, you know, as a dish dog, finally, you know, eventually made some more connections there. And actually was that, so it, it all it kind of falls in sequence what you're talking about or your question was that, you know, here I am not knowing exactly what I want to do. I know I just want to ride my butt off, be the best rider I possibly can. And ESPN was doing a B3 series, bike boards, bike sports and blades. Yeah. And they had the one in Beaverton. And yeah. They had one in Beaverton. They are actually doing amateur series along with that. And that was the last year that they did that. Even they included amateurs. And I, and I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the last contest in, Pen- in Woodward, Pennsylvania that they actually stopped. They stopped doing amateur uh, series at that contest. Or maybe it was Oceanside. Was it Oceanside after that? We entered the Oceanside. I okay, the- so it was the last year. Excuse me. It was okay. the last year. And I happened to win that. Yeah. That amateur contest. So you won Oceanside. No, I didn't win Oceanside. No, I did you I, win? I did you 10. win? Did you win the Portland? I no, I won. No, not even Portland, but I won the um, Woodward. The Woodward one. Yeah, I won. I won that one, and at that time, you know, I'm just starting to know Nyquist, Emira, and my Nyquist more on my, my age. You know, we're actually the same age, and having won that, you know, gave me a little bit of recognition. And here I am with Nyquist, you know, talking to him every day and that. And he actually, him and Dave um, put a good word in Taharo yeah. for me right after that. And that's when they started flowing me bikes. Yeah. And, you know, that that was like a really significant part of my career was knowing those two and then winning. Because they contest. kind of took you under their wing back in the day. They did. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I only, I brought up like the decision because I remember, so we'd always be riding and we always... There was a point where I remember you going from, like, one of the dudes in the crew to 
I saw a shift in you to where you were so like laser focused on like just becoming an amazing bike rider, not just like hanging out with the homies all the time. Just, you know, we were all just hanging out and riding, but you were like making stuff happen where you were going places, going to contests, making sure you got to Woodward, you know? And then I remember all of us ended up at Woodward. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, and then I remember my first year at Woodward, and I think Bristol and Rich Mm -hmm. came along not too after that summer, you know, but, uh, you know, and that was Bostrom was there, Daryl mm-hmm. Nah, uh, Stoffer, yeah. a bunch of those That's dudes. That's right, Stoffer. Oh, Stoffer was there. Who else? Were, a bunch. There's dude, Drake Miller. Yeah. Uh, so so many dudes. You know, Wessel was there. Mm-hmm. You know, we there was a good. That was was that ninety eight or something. Yeah, really good crew. But I just remember <laughs> because the way I I just remember you would show up at the session and you would get down like you would just be. Every you'd ride as hard as you could every session. I, I it, it blew me away at that time because you know I'd known you longer than these guys, so they're only seeing like you ride this hard all the time. Yeah. Where you know I've been in your backyard playing around with you on your box box jump and stuff, but now mm-hmm. I saw this shift in you to where you were like you you'd put it in a different gear. You're riding at that time. I feel yeah, like, yeah. dude. I well, yeah, and part of the reason was because. You know, I was working so much with my dad. Yeah. You know, I eventually, you know, you're logging, like literally putting in 10, 12, 14 hours working. And when you do that a week, you realize you don't have much time for writing. Yeah. At that point, you yeah. know, and you're like, well, this is something I'm actually pursuing bike riding, not logging. And, and I barely have time to do it by bike riding. Yeah. So when I had the time to do it, it was like, you got to make this happen. You got to make this count now. And I mean, that was a big part. Yeah. You know, it was a big push in it, you know, cause I mean, I knew it, it just made me happy at the end of the day. You know, it wasn't like, as we said before, it's not like there's rich and glamor money, you know, at the, the end of the, the light at the end of the, the tunnel or anything like that. It was just, it's just happiness. And I don't want to go this direction in my life. So I'd rather go this direction. So it was just, I'm going to push bike riding as hard as I can. And yeah, that included being really focused. Yeah. And then we were, you said like Mira and Nyquist took you under your, under their wing. Yeah, man. Not not shortly after that, you moved out to Greenville Mm -hmm. with Colin McKay. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you, were you pro at that time when you moved out there or were you still amateur? I think we had just turned pro. You and Colin? Yeah, I think it was in the Oceanside because I, you know, won an amateur contest. And that was like one of the last contests of the season, wasn't it? Oceanside. Yeah, because that's the last. I mean, I remember you, me, Bristol, and Twin Fin and Rich all went to that contest. Yeah, and I think I rode both pro and amateur, didn't I then or something? Or You might have, yeah. Maybe it was, or Clint Miller did maybe. Because no. Clint and... And uh, they and all Colin came in. Let's, let's not even there talk, sandbag. No, let's not talk Rich, about I'm this. Still mad about this. <laughs> Clint, Clint, you were sandbagging, dude. And all Chad right. is mad about it. So, hey, anyway, you you even put it. If you, if you even tail up over his spine, what are you doing in the What, what was class? it? It was 96, 97. No, it was 97, 98. 98 or something. Yeah, they're doing. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let me just. Over spines. So, Chad's just furious. We showed up and we were all entering amateur. <laughs> yeah. You, me, twin. Bristol and Rich, yeah. and my whole thing was I I just wanted to qualify. Uh-huh. I missed qualifying by three spots yeah. because Colin, three Clint Miller, and, and uh, uh, Shane, and the dude that rode for Dragonfly. 
Is it Shane? I think it was Shane. Somebody. They showed up. They're tail whipping spines. They're doing, you know, Clint oh. Miller's doing all this. They're, I think Colin did a 360 whip. I'm like, this is not pro. Mike Daly. Mike Daly. Mike Daly. Daly. Mike Daly. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, that was pro level riding. It was pro. And it's I still missed, pro to me, dude. They're yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still give Clint a hard time when I when I talk to him. He deserves it. They were sandbagging, dude. They didn't know any better. No, they just they They're came to the states. Trying yeah, to make the no, I don't. I don't blame them, dude. But I think you did ride pro in that contest. I think too. it was both because Schwab had the decision to do. It. Sweet Steve Schwab was doing yeah. the organizing, and I I do believe they put me in both of them. Maybe it was Clint. I'm like, God, that was a long time. It was 20 years ago. Yeah, and um. But yeah, those that was funny seeing that you know, the sandbaggers come out, and Shad <laughs> missing it, missing it by a hair because of them. Oh my you god, you would have been up there, buddy. Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was the end of my contest. But you did get a magazine photo. You got. You, you, we you, both did. We both got. A, we got one. But you got yours next to Butch, the butcher. It was. I just you were above doing an X down. Yeah. Butcher was doing a crooked grind. Yeah. And then I had an ice pick over what they called the Gator Gap, which yeah. was like a gap. Between two eight foot quarters, and yeah. I, and Losi took the both both of them, didn't he? Yeah, he forgot my name. Oh, he, he remembered yours. <laughs> that, was, that was big news, man. That was big, that was uh, it was awesome back then. I remember when we Losey. got the magazine. We were down at the skate. We were down at Burnside. You and I were riding, uh-huh. and I think Twinfin showed up and had the magazine in his backpack to show oh, us. Oh dang! Okay. So, um, That's so yeah, awesome. you moved to Greenville with Colin. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, tell tell me something about the Green, the Greenville years. Oh, that was awesome, man. I spent about a, maybe a year there. Yeah. Close to. And how do we link up, Colin? Maybe through Woodward. Yeah, you, Colin was with us at Woodward. Was at Woodward. Yeah. Okay. So we, he wanted to come to this. He wanted to pursue bike riding. And he wanted, of course, I mean, the only place to do is in the States. Yeah. You, wanna, you know, come up and make a name for yourself. So he wanted to come over. His good friend, Kenny Reggett. Oh, Kenny's um, such an amazing bike rider. Oh, insane. insane. Still killing it. Um, he was like, yeah, I got a buddy who wants to come over as well. And I'm trying to remember how it worked. Oh, you know, I, I linked up through Dave. Actually, I went out to Greenville before we went out there maybe several months before. I don't remember when, but Dave invited me out Yeah, while we we're out at uh, Woodward. He's and like, you were on Haro at the time. Uh, yeah, getting flowed. Yeah, exactly. So we had that communication going then. And Dave's like, come out anytime. You know, it was right when he had, he had that house with the, the vert ramp. Where yeah, he did the uh, tail tap on the ladder? Yes, where yeah, Alan Cook was holding the ladder. And yeah. He did, he did some crazy photos off that vert ramp. And uh, anyway, so I went out and stayed, I don't remember, four or five days out there with Dave. And uh, some friends of his as well showed me around. I think Dave was even flying in and out. He's pretty important. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, he was <laughs> big, so big time. Man. I think, yeah, he was like flying in and out for Activision, whoever was doing his video game then. And yeah. Just busy guy. And, but I mean, that was, it was just an honor to spend, you know, time with Dave and have him show me around Greenville. And, uh, nonetheless, you know, just end up falling in love with the, the town, the crew. And it was a lot smaller then, you know, pro town wasn't, it was the beginning of, of pro town, wasn't it? Was it? The, yeah. The beginning of it. Who were some of the early dudes that you were riding with then? Well, I lived in the same apartments as Mike Laird. Nyquist was out there. Or wait, was he there? I'm trying to think. I think maybe... I don't remember if Nike was even out of house then. There maybe was coming in and out and visiting or eventually moving there. I don't remember. But um, it was... Um, was Colin Steve, Winkleman there? Colin. God, was he? I'm trying to remember if he was then. I don't remember if he was there then. 
um, excuse me if I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, um, so it was Mike. It was uh, Jerry. It was Steve Caro. It was um, oh, am I forgetting? Spacing who was there, man? Um, uh, Eastern Eastern crew. John Byers. Um, don't remember him being there. Wait, was he there? That's owner of Eastern, overt dude. I don't remember. I saw him. I'm sure I did. Josh Harrington, of course. Yeah, because Josh was Steve really... Noack. That's what I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Steve Noack. And um, anyway, solid crew still yet. JC Park was that you know, outdoor yeah. with the Minio Spine. I was literally, you could see it from my, my window, see the park right across the At that time, that park was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, that's what I was into, contest yeah. riding. So box jump, mini spine, subs, the whole deal, street spine. Riding a lot when I was out there. But it was such a good... Man, I reflect on this all the time, too, because at that point, I, was, I wasn't I was making much money at all. You know, it was like... Were you several, working with... Were you working with... No, that's a thing. Like, I went out there. Haro just started paying me. Yeah. You know, just... I mean, small check. And most of my, my earnings come from my, my contest stuff, if I did good, even, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, I'd come away with several hundred dollars if I was top 10 or something. And... Um, but at that time... I was on such a tight budget, man. It was, you know, I'm living off of like iceberg lettuce, bologna packets, taking ketchup packets at Burger King and napkins and all, you know, just anything to make it happen, man. Yeah. Literally, because I, you know, I just knew that, you know, if I got a job, I'm not afraid to work, you know, but I knew if I did get a job and, you know, it cut into my writing time. So I just try to make it happen as um, cheap as possible. I just as much money, just enough money for rent. For food, you guys didn't and even have furniture in the apartment, did you? No, at first, no. I or I don't remember. I remember it, seeing it pictures all. of you guys in the apartment, and it's where you just had a TV on the floor. Yeah, I brought that over. Yeah, or bought it. I don't remember. I don't remember. But Dave uh, knew a guy at a mattress place, a warehouse, and got me a, a bed, like a throwaway bed. Yeah. So he hooked that up, and then other than that, yeah, we didn't have furniture in the living room, or you know, just. Living cheap and riding every day, and that's about it. Yeah. So, and what brought you? So you were in Greenville, living and riding. Yeah. Um. I can't. Dude, I'm having a blur on this. So, hmm. you moved back to Portland, though. Yeah. You were only there for like a year and a half, two years, yeah, right? Not even a year, if if that maybe, I don't even know, eleven, twelve months. If what brought What brought you back to Portland? Um. Well, let's see. Because I remember you were, question, you were riding dude. all the contests. You were still, you know, that was the time where I, I think Woodward would pay you to be a, a, a pro to be there. Yeah, but I wasn't like, was I, I don't know. I, I don't remember why you much. came back to Portland. Not like I came, I was happy you came back to Portland. I always come home. I mean, I've traveled, you know, yeah. a lot of places throughout the years and moved, moved all or over. Maybe when you tr- started to travel so much, you didn't want to pay rent. Um, well, that'd be a good idea if that was. I, I don't Yeah. You know, no, I think that, you know what, think about it, you did spark, uh, I, I do remember now, okay, so, I was traveling so much, I was doing a lot of contests, and then, maybe I just signed with Diamondback? No, 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 time. no, like, you're, you're jumping, with 2001, did I sign with that? You're jumping way ahead. Did I, did I come back in 2000? See, I don't remember Yeah, this. you had a horror when you came back. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love being home, let's put it that way. And then, yeah, I mean, having to travel so so much, you know, it was good having a home base. I don't, man, that's a good, I don't even remember why I just moved out of there. But you had, I love being home. You had to come back and get those burn Oh, no, sessions. you know what, dude? My mom moved home. My mom moved back to Portland. 
Oh, that's that right. Yeah, because she was away for a while. And when she moved back, I moved back. So, yes, that's a big part of it. Because I, I ended up moving in with her. You moved in to help your mom out with stuff. I totally remember now. Okay, thank These you. People, everybody's going to think we're crazy. <laughs> like, we're, cra- we're both crazy. They're like, why did I I knew this home? pod was going to be, I, I knew today, I was like, I'm like, this one might just be, I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be weird because it's just like, Bruce and I know each other so well, it's not like... Mm-hmm. You know, just be us, like, gabbing, like, no. We pretty much are, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, mom moved back. I moved back. And, and then you were just hitting all the contests. You yeah, were still doing my thing, yeah. You know, I, I, I felt like you. there was a point where it was, like, on Haro, it was Dave, Ryan, and you were, like, kind of this up-and-coming star, you know, where yeah, you were it, starting to encroach, and, I, you, you know, um, mm. and you, you, how many, you were in a few X, you were in, what, three X games? Um, you were in two before... 2000 was my first... In San Francisco was the first one. Okay. Yeah. How'd you do in that one? Um, Dude, I think I just missed finals. I think it was like 11th or something. Yeah. And uh, that was an amazing X Games. Remember Ruben did the the Ruben wall ride? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the wall, yeah. You know, the upside... The spider wall ride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ride. That was a big deal. He got the cover of BMX Plus in here. No, ride. it was Ride. Ride, okay. And the Volker was even in. God, that was an amazing. Yeah, because I remember that time. Because that that same ride had a, that sequence of you doing that gap to ice that we filmed for Blueprint. Right. Yeah. So that was the time where we were filming really heavy for Blueprint too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was um, a lot of things were going down. Mil- Marcus Wilkie got third. Oh yeah. Was, uh, that, remember, like one of the first guys. Or did he get sec- second or second? Third? Maybe he was second. Is yeah. it as a true street rider? Yeah. And qualifying, I know that kind of ticked some people off, but it was it was rad. You <laughs> didn't see him mix it up. But, um, yeah, 2000, San Fran was my first X Games. Gave it my all. I had a really, that was a great experience. Was that the one Volker went off at, too? Yeah, he did that gap on that, gapped outside of the park or something. Yeah, or he jumped over, like, the sub box. Yeah. Volker would murder those contests back in the day. Yeah, it was, that was an amazing time. So, Um, yeah, so, well, shoot, like, I'm thinking, like, Woodward... Mm-hmm. It's like trying to track. It's like a forensics case, trying to track down, <laughs> fig, figure out all your stuff. So that, at that time, were you trying to train? I mean, you were literally training. I would be a Woodward. You were you were training. Well, yeah, straight up. Dude. I mean, I was a contest writer. Yeah, That's, so that was the way you made a living back then. It was funny because you, you came from a crew of dudes. Like if people would have looked at your crew of dudes that you came up riding with, mm-hmm. so not the training, like the <laughs> the dirtiest, wildest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you came from a, our crew, the crew was wild back in the day. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you had Dave Tom and the, the 30 crew doing doing the stuff they did on videos. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the whole Portland crew back then. Yeah. I know. Definitely was a little bit different than you guys. Yeah. But guys I mean, you were like totally trained. Were you, tra- when you were training, did you, did you have your, you know, were you thinking like, I want to win a X Games gold or were you just trying to be um, like. I'm going to do as good as I can at a at, contest. At that point, no. No no aim. And be like, I'm going to be X Games gold medals. Yeah. I can honestly say that. Like, I, I had no... It wasn't an aim, dude. It wasn't possible. Yeah. It was Mira, dude. Think about it. I mean, it was... Yeah. Like, who was even close to his level then? Miron was. Yeah, Miron. But who, who else? Really? Nyquist, kind of. And that that was only if Mira fell, dude. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it. But aside from that, no, it was... Here, here's the thing. I was... I wasn't making much money at the time. And if you, I don't remember exact numbers, but if you could, you know, make top five or top 10, you're going to get $700 or a few hundred bucks. 
But if you can make top five, dude, sometimes that entailed like a few few thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's that's big money back then, dude. Especially yeah. when you're bringing in 15, 20,000 bucks a year. Yeah. With that, you know? Yeah. And, and so that was my aim, dude. I mean, God, I got to do the best I can. If I get this check, I get to eat better. Yeah. Or you know, for whatever it was, dude, that I, I needed back then. But, um, no, no expectancy to win or even come close to beating Dave. It just wasn't even a question. And that just, like I said, th- those sort of things just came if Dave fell. Yeah. There's no other way to yeah. beat Dave, you know. Well, let's talk about the next year's X game, 2001 Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, um, so, well, how did the Diamondback thing come around? Because you got on Diamondback between that time. Yeah, um, I got off Haro. Did you quit Haro? Did did Diamondback offer you, and then you left Haro? I think they're. I don't even remember. Uh, we, they were doing budget cuts or whatever the reason was, and I don't remember, dude. Yeah, I just don't even remember. But I know that. Um, I think Tony D was. You know, he was the um, manager at the time, and I think he recommended him. He was like, "Hey, yeah, I know. You know, we never left on black, bad blood. We never no. did, you know." But I do remember him recommending. Yeah, I know um, Scott Matchwell. I think back then or was over at Diamondback. Was Matchwell the TM back then? I think it was Matchwell, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a cool guy. Um but um I uh I think he led me to Diamondback more or less and we started talking, established a relationship and yeah, just went from there. Yeah. You know, any spot any bike sponsor was better than none back then because that meant free flights. Yeah. That meant, you know, they'll send you there and or potential uh trips, you know, budget for trips, you know, fly you around and take yeah. photos with whomever low C it was back then. Um, so yeah, one thing led to the next. I got on Diamondback and... You rode an Ebco with Diamondback stickers. Well, they did, dude, I tried, I tried and I tried, I rode one of the frames and it Those was... Those early frames were... It was just so bad. It's just geometry, you know, it was so bad and um, it just seemed like... It weighed, everything weighed <laughs> a lot back then, but I remember the yeah. first one, I think it was like gray and black or something. Yeah. It weighed so much. It did. It did. And I was always waiting around for a prototype. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. But I, I remember you, like, you had Nebco, which Ebco was an Oregon company at the time out of Eugene. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Sent and, me a frame. So you had one of those with Diamondback stickers for a yeah. lot of the time you were and, on Diamondback. Yeah, and they were sick. Dude, Ebco's, they were light. They were, they were up up to par on the, you know, the geometry, the weight, everything. It's everything you, you needed out of a bike. And, yeah. I, uh, so he sent me that. Let's talk about your bike setup at that time, Bruce. I want, yeah. So you had that Ebco with a Dimeback sticker. And, uh, (laughs) you really, and I'll blame this on you. You popularized, A, the Haro Slim Bar. And you popularized people getting handlebars so, like, everybody (laughs) had little handlebars, but you went way past that with the (laughs) tiny, tiny handlebars. Yeah, dude. What, I mean, you at one point you rode big handlebars. What made them get so small, Bruce? Um, well, here's the thing. And was, you rode them crooked. Well, okay, I'll tell you exactly. Because I gave that. you a hard time for that. Okay, the-, the narrow cutting them down was. Dude, I did a lot of bar spins back then. Uh huh. I mean, every bar spin combo, truck driver, bar to one hand foo, whatever. I was doing a lot of those tricks. And but the the crookedness thing came when I actually. I think I busted my hand. I never got a, an extra on it, but I think I busted it. Like, you know, you know, like there's that hairline fracture you can do like deep within the palm. Yeah. 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 I just remember 
it took like a solid year to heal, dude. And that's right when I was riding a bunch. Like yeah. I was trying to hit all those comps and everything. I, I continually had this injured hand. So what I had to do, and I still had breaks, and so I, I had to cut my bars in. And if you notice, a lot of those photos and that, the, the outside of my palm is hanging on the outside of my handlebar. Oh, really? I it's, never noticed that. It's because if I landed with holding the entire handlebar, it would bruise, it would injure that that fracture, whatever it was going on, that, that bone or yeah. muscle that was going on. I had to hold on on the outside. Yeah. And I landed. No, I remember your bars were always mad crooked. Mad crooked, dude. And then plus it was, I was okay with it because I had the one finger on the lever anyway, you know. So yeah. it kind of set me up there. So anyway, it, it made me look kind of funny. Yeah, I just, I just, you know, I think you popularized those, those tiny, tiny, tiny. Well, maybe I did, but it was out of an injury. So. <laughs> it was unintentional. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the Philly, the Philly X Games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was there filming for props. That's right. Remember I got you? photos of you. Yeah. I got like, pull, I got like disposable <laughs> photos <laughs> of you, Bob you and Thorn and people there. Um. So you went to that contest and you were riding mm-hmm. really good at that. I think at that point. Yeah, I was really consistent. Just um, did a lot of contests, a lot of traveling. And when I, when I look back, that that course kind of, I feel like it leaned more, uh, it leaned towards your riding a little the way, the way it flowed. It almost oh for sure it did with the w- weird like in and out spine. It kind of had like a burn size like vibe. Bur- it's just like burns. I was about to say that. Yeah, it, it really had a burn side vibe. T- tell me about the contest that day and what was going on with you. Um, yeah, dude, just in any other, well, not any other contest, but uh, it was. Um, I happened to qualify. I mean, it's X Games, dude. I never I didn't qualify the year before. Yeah. Um, didn't expect it. Was it Winkleman was there? Yeah, he was riding really good. Really good, dude. And um, there was a bunch of people riding good that comp. It was a big comp. It was it was an awesome comp, and just to be part of it, uh, being like the top twenty guys, was there twenty riders? At yeah, the yeah. Time, and really had no expectation to even making the finals or anything. And I just thought, I just remember thinking, dude, if I make top ten, you imagine the check. Yeah, like, it's gonna be so like it's gonna be amazing, you know, and and uh, end up qualifying. I don't remember what place, but um, that was yeah, that was my biggest expectation. That it was like wow, if I could even make top ten, that'd be insane. And um, yeah, I did. So kind of what was going on? Yeah. So you you won the contest. When it went you, Alistair, and Mira, right? Miron. No, Miron? Miron. Mira, did, Mira didn't get third? No, no. So Mira. Mira kept wrecking on a double flip. He kept trying the double flip. To start his run. And I remember he kept washing out. Yeah, I mean, dude, he, yeah, he would have won, obviously, with that run. Or him or Nyquist, even. They both Ny- wiped. Nyquist, what I think, the- wrecked on. Oh, he did. He wrecked really like hard. Ufanu or something. I don't even know what it was. I do remember Ryan wrecking really hard. Yeah, he wrecked. So it put him out. I think it came down, you and Alistair were going at it. Yeah, it was. and Well, Jay, too, but I think he fell. I can't remember what it was. But remember, he did, like, the highest 540 possible on, like, a 10-foot quarter. Yeah, he... Oh, Jay is Came full sprint across the entire course and busted, I guess, I don't even know, 8, 10-foot high 540. That was probably one of my biggest memories of that contest. It was um, Jay doing that 540. Um, But, yeah, Alistair and I are kind of neck and neck. Too and I um, did. Was there a point where you're like, I could maybe win this during the contest? Um, like when your scores were coming in. I mean, after they wrecked, yeah, you know, by then because no one I was 
you know, at a higher score than did it, because did, did it put more. I mean, what was the pressure like? I, I just remember watching and I was freaking out in the stands, like filming. Dude, honestly, no pressure to be honest. I mean, maybe that helped in the end. Yeah. You know, but I honestly had no pressure because I just I never imagined I'd win a contest such as that magnitude. Yeah, it wasn't. Was that your first contest win? Um, not win. No, I mean I had done. I had won. Remember the B three or the um. X trials at Woodward. Oh yeah, the yeah. The following yeah. year, yeah. You know, it was two thousand one that year, two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, when we were all still at Woodward, you won that. Yeah, and um, so no, no pressure at all, man. It just kind of, I just showed up and rode good, and uh, fell in. I guess you know what, it could have gone either way too. Alistair rode just as good, just as amazing, too, yeah, in my opinion. So kind of, it could have gone either way, but. For whatever reason, they like a couple of things I did. They like the bar spin one hand foof. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was my deal back then. Did a lot of those. Uh, um, uh, what was it like when I mean, not to keep digging on this contest, no, but I, I feel like it's like one, like I feel like there's like when you look back at like your writing, mm-hmm. you, how it encompasses. I feel like there's two Bruce Christmans kind of, yeah, sure and and like yeah. you know that was the peak of the. I mean, how was it like winning that? Being, I mean, you were the first person. In, like, X Games history to beat Mira at a park contest. Yeah, man. Um, oh, dude. I mean, it was really surprising, for one. And being... I had no expectation. It just... It was a weird evening, i tell you that much. Yeah. Kind of going back to the hotel, and you just... It's like, wow, did that really happen? Yeah. You know? And then, all of a sudden, you're you're recognized in the sport and then of course there comes, you know, endorsements and offers coming at you and everything. It's just things you never, I never imagined really. What was the weirdest yeah. offer you got? Um, weirdest? Yeah. Cause that was like the peak of X games and slim Jim and everything. I feel like um, you had to have gotten some weird offers. Ah, man, weird. I'm trying to, Define Bruce Bruce had to well you had to straighten me out earlier because I thought Spy or one of the sunglass companies I remember and, and you may have just told me this but I remember you said they were going to offer you money just to run a sticker on your bike like 500 bucks a month and you told them I'm not going to do it because I don't wear sunglasses I, I might have said I don't even remember <laughs> I remember I was like what <laughs> well I didn't wear sunglasses no I know I know um, I don't remember I mean I believe you do I, uh, maybe I said that but no, weirdest was probably riding for that Skatewave company. Skatewave? Skate, was it called Skatewave, I think? Uh, where they, they made modular ramps. Remember, that's a big deal. They're coming oh, out. Yeah, There's they just made, made little, little ramps. Yeah, like plastic uh, parks, plastic ramps. And, yeah. Uh, but I wrote for them like it for a year or two. They're not weird. I'm not telling, not saying they're weird, but that was just kind of seemed a little out of place. Here, I'm a professional BMX bike rider, but they wanted to sponsor me for... Being the only bike rider. They had nothing but skaters on back then. But yeah, that one's kind of weird. That was kind of, yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they're good weird, I guess. What was... Did you and Dave or anybody have... Did you and Dave have a conversation after that? Um, after the contest? Mira? Yeah. Uh, sure. We, yeah, yeah, we talked a little that evening. I think it was. Because um, I know Dave was always super competitive. You were really... You know, I think... And that whole crew was competitive at the time. Yeah. You know? Um, well, I wasn't... Yeah, I, w- I don't... 
not much. I was hanging out with them then. I mean, I rode for Diamond. We weren't riding for Harlow. We were yeah, but you and traveling and you, together. You much. guys were still buddies and stuff. Yeah, straight up, of course. We were lifetime buddies, man. God bless him. God rest his soul. Um, yeah, I mean, we were always buddies. He, that guy was just awesome. You know, I, I owe, I owe so much to him, man. I, I, I think back from what, from that time, just having not, literally nothing in, in BMX and then thinking about what one man can change for the rest of your life. You know? you think Dave was a, he was a super uh, pivotal uh, part? Oh, completely was. Yeah. And, and I give a, and to Nike was too, you know, I got to hand it to Brian as well, equally, but, um, just so grateful, you know, having Dave at that time and it just all happened because of, um, you know, my passion and my pursuit and, you know, I just, nothing was going to stop me and I'm, I'm going to head out to Woodward and I'm going to meet people. I'm going to make a connection and happen to be Mira, happen to be one of them. So, yeah, yeah, truly grateful for that time. How so. was, how was everything for you when you heard the news about Mira and stuff? Uh, it's devastating, man. Yeah. Dev- I mean, as you know, I, um, just speechless and I hadn't talked to him in a while. I hadn't really communicated in years. The last Last saying was uh, an email, <clears throat> you know, I just, or I might have text, I remember just checking on him, seeing how the family was going, he said, hey, okay, you know, wife, kids, whole thing, and um, I still can't believe it, dude. Yeah. I still can't believe that. Yeah. yeah, it definitely seemed like, you know, a big piece is missing ever since then, you oh, know? Oh, completely, dude. I, we owe... We owe is BMXers. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to, there's so many good riders right now. You know, there's Reynolds yeah. and Dak and there's so many amazing riders right now, but I just, I doubt if we'll see that kind of talent, uh, the the trend that Mira set in yeah. our lifetime. You know what I mean? It was, I mean, I doubt we'll see that. Well, I mean, it was a rarity. There's so many good bike rider stuff nowadays, but he still came out in that. When you started coming, when you come up in the '80s and stuff, I mean, back then you thought things were so advanced and stuff, but it was still you were still creating so much yeah. stuff, and Dave created so much stuff. Oh, definitely, dude. And but at the level he did, the, the amount of people that he touched. I mean, when I was still a counselor or a dish dog, you know, at Woodward, I mean, I can't I can't say exact numbers, but you know, like literally half or more of the kids, the campers that came in, had an influence from Mira. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. They were running the pads over the jeans. They were taking the visor off the helmet or whatever it was that the trend that David set, like, they were doing it. Yeah. I'd never seen such a big influence in my days, you know. So. Yeah, he definitely, definitely was an amazing dude. So. Yeah, yes, he was. Um, well... You know, we kind of talked about your contest stuff, and I know there's, we could talk about other contests. We could talk about, I mean, one of the contest stuff I always kind of, I always kind of remember of you is, mm-hmm. um, remember the Props Passport videos where they covered all those European oh, contests? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, passports. For, um, yeah. Good times. Maybe let's, well, yeah, let's touch on that, because it seemed like right about that time... Uh, Stu was filming those, right? Stu was filming yeah. those, but it seemed like your writing was starting to shift a little. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. What, I mean... As as your friend, I felt like I've seen you start pulling away from a lot of the contests Definitely. and a lot of those pressures. I remember times where we'd hang out and it seemed like you 
you'd have a phone call and you were so frustrated with having to talk to some sponsor person when you just wanted to ride and progress, you know, and I feel like parts of that were like beating you down a little. Yeah. I mean, okay. If you, well, you know me and, uh, for those of you that don't know me really, my type of personality is that, you know, like I like change. I really, I, I, I'm just that type of person. If I'm going to do something, you know, for two, three years straight, a hobby, whatever, I just, I eventually get bored of it, dude. Yeah. Like, I really do. I got to change it up in my life constantly to the point where, like, it'll, it'll apply to my bike riding. Yeah. Even, you know, I I rode contests in this particular style of BMX for so long that it was like, I just, I just want to do something different and so it'll, it'll stay fun. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting paid by that time, you know, I have expectations on my sponsorships and that, but still yet, you know, doing these contests or writing, you know, strictly this, this style of writing was just not cutting it for me. Like yeah. I was literally just getting bored out of my mind being a, a pegs and break breaks guy. So I was writing for diamondback at the time and I just removed my brakes. And they, I, thought, yeah. they thought it was crazy. You know, it's like, well, but you're a contest writer. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's just what I want to do. You know? And a few, a bunch of your friends at home were riding brakeless. Yeah. I definitely it, wasn't, but it was Twin Fin. Yeah. People were just doing that, you know. And, and actually, well, I should say Troy McMurray was one of the big influences yeah. on me, too, because he was still riding contests. Yeah. Brakeless and pegless. Okay. And yeah. Killing it, yeah. Yeah. Know? And doing his street thing and still getting, you know, street photos and all that and he of course he was an influence on me with that but and through the, this whole time of you being a contest writer yeah you've always pretty much rode everything yeah i yeah, mean, I mean i've seen you out the salem trails the old soul lane trails yeah you we ride trails you always rode street yeah when you were little you rode flatland mm-hmm. exactly yeah, so definitely. i mean even through all the contest things i mean you'd still ride everything right no definitely um and then let's see I well, I always rode, I rode fakie, you know, with a uh, with a freewheel. But then I eventually I went on that trip. Was it the Road Fools with Mall Interno, or was that the Day Mirror Tour? No, you went on. Um, uh, I think you went on Road Tour. Fools. No, no, was it Road Fools? It was Road Fools with Mall Interno. Okay, yeah. Okay, I think it was Road Fools nine. Was that the one Mira too? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, right. so, that's why I got confused. Yeah, yeah. the Mira tour. Yeah, Dave was on it, um, and I was doing fakey stuff. And all in turn, I was like, "Hey, you gotta, you know, try a free, you should ride a free coaster." And I tried his bike, and it was just, it was whack, dude. I couldn't I couldn't do my tricks I want to do with a free coaster because I'm used to sitting down and pedaling backwards yeah, yeah. And using the you know the the leverage of the free coaster or the the cassette. And uh, you know, as I'm going through this transition, start writing uh, brake lists. I was eventually like, man, I just want to start doing more fakey stuff. Yeah. And which eventually led me to get an Odyssey free coaster. They were just starting out. I remember we shot a, uh, a Hoffman bikes ad where you did a fakey Smith grind to 180 with a cassette with hub. With a cassette though, yeah. And I think we roasted through like seven rolls of film. Of actual film. And yeah. you were out and I was like, I'll go buy you rolls. I'll we had to go buy, buy a roll. I had to go buy a roll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, we got it. That's right. Um, but you got an Odyssey free. Yeah, whoever was, I don't know how I got that connection to you or Ward or, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I ended up getting the prototype of theirs and trying it out some more. 
actually built a separate wheel to be that way you can go back and forth as a still riding contest. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what led me to do the free coaster thing. And then the, and that kind of just pulled you out of the contest scene and kind yeah. of start focusing on video projects. Then. Pretty much, yeah. That that was that was that time and I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of over over contest and want to focus more on filming. And so. I mean, at that time, you'd already had a few parts. So now that we're in like this whole other realm of writing, you yeah. know, after Blueprint, this do yeah. So and with Blueprint, I mean, we'd already filmed. So by the time you know you were filming for other projects, you'd already filmed for a few projects. For Northwest videos. I mean, you filmed for Infection videos back in the day. Yeah. And then we had, a, vid video. We had a couple videos come out. We had The Friend Between My Legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I had a part there. Yeah. Have any... There was no parts. That was just a mixed video. Right. But you filmed a lot for that video. Yeah. And then, okay. Yeah. And then the first big part of yours was Blueprint. Mm hmm And that was mainly when you were on Haro, I believe. Yes. Because I remember we have Greenville clips, we have street clips. Yeah, I think you're riding a mirror through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then that video came out just probably the year, like six months before you won the X Games. Okay. All I right, think yeah. two thousand one makes sense because I had Greenville clips in there still. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah. So you, what was the next video you worked on? It was Salvation video. Um, yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Um, Definitely that. And that one had, a, I think that was the first video you had a couple free coaster clips in. That's right, yep. That's probably that Odyssey free coaster I was riding then. I think you did like a fake you wall ride to half cab down. Over in Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I did that there. And then, so I did Salvation. And then, because I had a Woodward clip in there too. Remember Woodward Street clip, the rail, up rail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wessel uh, filmed that. At State College. Wessel filmed Yeah, that. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I did that in Salvation, and then I think I... Oh, uh, Hoffman. Yeah. had a video right after that, 2003. Broke Off. You have a part in Broke Off. Right, is it called Broke Off? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I had some, had some uh, I guess, a part in there. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, it basically led me to start filming more, man. Taking photos, filming. And I remember, was it 2003... That's when I jacked my back. Well, you were riding for Hoffman Bike. So after Diamond Diamondback dropped you, right? Um, that or quit? I don't remember that time. I feel like they dropped you because because <laughs> you were, wasn't wearing running the frames or something. Or? I, yeah, I can't remember, I remember, but I remember you got picked up by Hoffman, yeah. and you were just working on a bunch of video projects at the time. Yeah, and then. You did win a contest in South America. You won South American X Games, and you wrote Fakie a bunch in it. That's right. With a cassette. Yeah. Um, 2003, Latin, Latin X Games, I won that. Yeah, that's right. And doing a bunch of Fakie lines with no free coaster. With no free coaster. Yeah. So it was right around that transition. And is yeah. that about the same time you hurt your back? Yeah, that's what I to say. That was the transition and the um, throttle on my back. Maybe it's 2003, 2004. Don't remember, but that put me out, man. Uh, it must have been like a solid eight months. And you hurt your back filming for the ride video, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, ride. Which ride video was it? Um, it's one of their dopest name. videos. I yeah, remember. I had Escamilla had a part in it. Yeah, and like uh, I gave a bunch. Stephen Lilly had a bunch of. There was it was a fun video. Yeah, I gave all that that footage of of Kimbrough over to um who's 
Glenn? Was it Glenn P.P. Milligan I, filming at the time? Glenn might have, yeah. I think it was Glenn filming it. But you did like a big gap and you compressed your back. Yeah, that's what happened. Did a big gap and uh, said my herniated discs, my spine, and not good. I mean, it fixed me to this day. Yeah, but, talk about, I mean, that injury has been your major injury in your whole... Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah, talk about it a little. Dude, yeah, I mean, that really changed things up right there. I mean, I was off my bike for, it seemed, it seemed like, like a full year. It must have been eight, nine months straight of like rehabilitation yeah because there was times where i remember we'd go ride mm-hmm. and you threw i remember ki- picking you up carrying you to your car once yeah because you couldn't move because your back mm-hmm. was so jacked yeah and i mean it went on for like a few years for you trying to find a solution for yeah that. it did it was like i just do things on my own you know stretches or push-ups pull just trying to find ways you know to rehabilitate or strengthen my back and just, it felt like nothing was working but on top of that I was riding so much man you know all that compression and jarring of your spine and your body of course is gonna you know create inflammation and pain and, and no desire to ride sometimes you know and it was a real bummer but I, I eventually you know I, I talked with Marty McFarlane. Uh, yeah, so you talked to Marty McFarlane and Scott Hagnes. And Scott Hagnes, they're both trainers. And they're trainers. both older BMX guys in the yeah, Portland area. Ex, yeah, older pro bike riders. And so they understand the human bike rider body. Yeah. You know, they understand what it takes to rehabilitate that, having be bike riders. And I, uh, I just kind of took from them, you know, took from, you know, other friends and athletes, friends of mine and that. And just basically I've established... You know, just a really simple workout, you know, like a, a pull-ups, of stretching, and um, what have you, you know. And that's really, I'd say the main thing is just being consistent. And you had to do, the, I mean, you, for, there was a long time where you were doing that almost every day just to be able to. Well, that's what I'm saying right now. I mean, day, it, it is part of my daily life now. Yeah. You know? I mean, even if it's, and I tell most people, even if it's just 30, 30 60 seconds a day, just do these these uh, stretches or these exercises religiously. Just make sure you stay with it. You know, it does you no good if you, you do this awesome workout once a month. Yeah. You know, you know so, I mean, it's a, it's a lifetime commitment, really. If you jack your back like I have, then you just, you have to, it has to be part of your life. Do you think, and I've, I think you and I have discussed this, do you think, and I know there's a few other people that are our age that have had back problems, do you mm-hmm. think the little bars and the, the heavy bikes have something to do with that too. Yeah, I, I do. Bad yeah. posture for sure. Yeah. I mean, the kids nowadays have like three inch rise as opposed to what we had. You yeah, know, three more like, inches. You know what I mean? And then uh, stems higher and kind of higher stems too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just like. Uh, and the bikes are way lighter. Yeah, and that that's the big part. And geometry and that shorter back end, whatever. It's definitely, dude. I think the heavy bikes didn't help out. And the little bars. Yeah, I think it's bad posture led to some injuries for sure. Are you glad? Because I know a lot of other dudes. I mean, Rich had a back surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, we and we have a lot of you know. I think Taj had a back surgery. Yeah. Do you, are you glad you didn't get a back surgery? I know you talked about it for a little. Yeah, I, I started looking into it, and I you know I always hear that once you you go into the knife, you never come out the same, and that's coming from my father and my grandpa. You know they. I think my dad had at least one back surgery and my grandpa maybe two. Yeah. And yeah, they both said the same thing. It's not as mobile, you know, and I th- think for the time I had to ride, dude, this is the only way I was making a living and I couldn't be cooped up for another year. 
yeah just stiff you know recuperating for a full year so i'm glad because you know having not gotten that surgery i've discovered other ways Mm -hmm. you know to rehabilitate myself so yeah it's definitely a good thing i hope i don't it doesn't come down to that you know yeah i need surgery one day but i'm gonna do as much as i i possibly can to prevent it yeah does it still act up once in a while um yeah just depending the day but yeah if i ride a lot and yeah. the weekend, i'm definitely sore the next day but but it's it's um it's a blessing in disguise because if i do ride a lot it's to make sure to stretch and work out more so yeah um yeah why don't we talk about you know we're going into the videos and stuff why don't we talk about some of the video projects you worked on that you know i know you had like you, when you were on Federal, you were smashing out video parts, I feel like, left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like those Federal years was like a whole nother chapter in your life. You yeah. know, you were living in England. Yeah. Um, and you were full pushing, you know, everything with a free coaster, I think, at that time. Yeah, man. I mean, well, by that, yeah. How that, how Federal come around, how come around that you were living in England? Well, by that time, yeah, what wrote for Federal. Um, how did I get on Federal? I'm sure space in this podcast. All right, <laughs> been a long, lived a lot of BMX lives. I feel like um, okay. So by that time, I had pretty well adapted to the free coaster style. I get on Federal, and they are just you know all game for what you know the way I wanted to pursue my career. You know, I you know they understood being Federal as they are. You know, they they I wanted to work on video sections yeah you know, they were all into that at the time too and the photos and then we talked about it through email phone calls occasionally you know hey it'd be awesome to come over there do a video part ed allen was putting out those videos at the time yeah you know? and and i just you know i made I eventually made my way over there and it was man that was one of the best times ever filming for a part because you know i set out for you know, like two three months i remember what it was literally just scouting the area i was in you know, zone one downtown, the, like the hub of London, England, Yeah. you know, the busiest and coolest street spots and that. And I literally just took out like, you know, a couple months just gathering, took my paper and pen, you know, you know, writing down, uh, cross streets or whatever, finding different spots. And when I had, you know, finally accumulated enough spots and, um, you know, hooked up with Ed, Ed came into town, John Taylor. Yeah. Was too. It was around then. And, you know, we just made some road trips. He come, he come up and uh, filmed with me some spots I had around my area. And, dude, that was just, it was a real, real treat being able to do that. And yeah. I'm grateful for Federal for supporting me during that time to make that happen, too. Just, you know, awesome people. Over there. Who are some of the people you were riding with a lot when you were in, when, in London? Um, you know, it's locals, actually, mainly. I mean, um, like I said, Ed would come up occasionally. Um I know a couple of Dan Lacey. Yeah. Occasionally too. God, it's been so cool watching that kid come up. Man. Yeah, because he was really young at the time. He wasn't was it? young, and I mean, just still had that charisma and that power in his bike, just blasting. You know. Yeah. Guy, he, he was awesome. Because awesome he was riding there. transition a lot then a too. More transit scene back then, but I mean, still three and off of big stuff. You know, and it's really cool seeing Lacey come up. Truly one of my my favorite riders to watch right now. And, um, God, I'm trying to think who else, um, I mean, yeah, maybe it's, you know, that crew and whenever I'd be able to take a trip and meet up with those guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we made it, we made an edit, edit after all, you know, before I left, um, 
Ed made a, I think he did a great job. Yeah, that federal ed, it's awesome. That was that was a lot of fun doing that. I'd say that was, that's really one of my highlights for uh, filming a, a section. Did it just the way I I always dreamed of doing. You know. What yeah. I mean? So. Um, it was funny because I remember talking to you when you lived over there, mm. and you were like, "What what what was your job? You're like delivering like party flyers or something." No, it was like like flyers for shows. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was so expensive. Like, imagine this: the currency, right? Yeah. Like, twice as much as ours. I mean, it's literally, you know, if, if something was uh, 500 pounds, it meant a thousand dollars. Yeah. Or rent or whatever, you know, you have, but it was so expensive that I got to the point where I kind of had some money going over there, saved up and stuff. And I was like, dude, I better have some supplemental income, you know, but, or by the end of this trip, I'm going to either go bankrupt or whatever, you know, I just had to have something coming in to help me. So I, found this dude that you know he did like flyers for events and stuff yeah and sm- nothing crazy amounts of money you just cruise around on your bike and deliver pretty it? much yeah. yeah so that was that was a good time good experience um yeah after that you came home and i feel like you went straight to working on the facade video yeah so and i feel like that video is kind of a big deal so tell us a little about you know backstory of the facade video and how that came around and um you know, yes. all the characters you had in that video. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, started filming more. By that time, I was in England. I actually ordered. I got a BX2000, BX2100, I think it was. Yeah. And with the lens and all that. So, I got my camera gear. Was filming over there. Um, shoot. Was, yeah, was that facade video right after? I feel like it was. Okay. So, I, got, I get home and I just have this idea. I want to start a project. And it basically entails making a video. Yeah. And we're going to make some shirts and whatever happens, happens. And um, uh, Kimbrough, I'm hanging out with quite a bit then. Yeah. I want him on. And then um, Hoder. Who is still pretty... Hoder was what, 17, 18? Yeah, just coming up. Yeah. Crazy kid on a bike. Um, I don't remember who... Did you recommend him to me? Hoder was chilling. He was living um, in Portland at the time. Maybe it was you that you yeah. said you should pick up this guy or check him out. And then, and then I think Hoder eventually, you know, told me about Davey, some kid. Yeah, up but in, Davey Watson. Yeah, Davey Watson up in um, Tacoma. You need to check him out. And I remember going up there. Um, was that indoor skate park they used to have contests? Oh, the one with the spine and stuff. Yeah, I forgot it, but I know. And saw him ride. Maybe I don't. I don't know what. It was. Maybe he didn't even tell me about Davey, but I remember seeing him riding. He was 15 years old, and, and he was mainly a flatlander then too. Yeah, he's flatlanding, just doing like crazy lip tricks, you know, on ramps and that with awesome style. And I just remember thinking, if he's 15, dude, this kid is is the future, dude. I just remember thinking that, like, literally, he's gonna come up so hard in BMX, like, yeah, you don't. No one knows what's coming because he's 15. He's doing this stuff, and sure enough, you know, we put out. That Eddie, he worked really hard, like put him on. I was like, hey, you want to be um, do my, do my clothing thing with me? I was just gonna make clothes and you know some t. We're gonna make t-shirts and a video, and he was so into it, Davy. Yeah. And and he just filmed his butt off, just filmed the film, and of course, he eventually came in being Davy Watson, man, and just put out one of the most epic video parts. I think uh, the Tashola video, you know that that video is just insane for its own well, you know so did Davey have a part in the facade video yeah so Davey had yeah, a part Davey had, he had the opening part and then Hoder had a part yep was Vanilla Ice unbelievable yeah just 
Uh, well, you had to do this clips at Garfield High School, like the bunny hop over into the bank. That was what truly, was that? How was how scary was that film in that day? One of the most craziest things I've ever seen. I could probably say it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was dude. It was so hot out. It was muggy. Uh, I remember him literally. I ended up and doing run ups on that spot for like four hours. Yeah, like to, at that point, why even try it? I mean, that, you know what that, I mean. That hop is like well, I, mean, I haven't been there for a while, but that's like it's well above stem. It's about what two and a half foot top. It's I don't, I don't know if it's stem. It's it's tall, dude. Yeah, it's tall, but that's like a two on the top. Yeah, you have to bunny up over. You know, it's two, at least two, two feet. And a half feet. Yeah, it's a it's you know significant gap, dude. And then still more to make it to the bank. To make it to the bank, yeah. And I just remember thinking it's not just that. Like the trick alone is nuts but just the amount of time it took to psych himself up to do it which for mike is insane because he's, yeah he he's one of those dudes you see that fast click in his head when he he you know he when he what sets his mind to something it's usually right then he does yeah it. dude and even us dude if we're gonna roll up on a handrail for 10 15 minutes oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna do it yeah yeah you know you know because it's it's way too past that point i'm not i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna jump off my bike or something's gonna go wrong you know so i just remember it taking several hours for him to get worked up to do it. And the craziest thing, okay, so Jack's got his car. You can see in the photo of it or the video part, he, he parked his, that red car, I don't remember what it was. He he parks there, he's on the bottom waiting, trying to block traffic, you know, for when whenever he does go. And Mike, I remember telling him, there's a, um, if you look over to the right, there's a smaller setup of what he's about to do. It yeah. just goes into a grass bank rather than that steep concrete bank. And I remember telling him like, dude, just try it on that, you know, just warm up. And he's like, no, no, that'll mess me up. And I'm like, dude, just just try it, dude. Just at least you can train yourself, you know, the distance and everything. And he he jumped it. He went for it. And I, I have, I'll have to pull this up yeah. when, when we get the footage together and everything. But I film it and he jumps over that ledge. And I don't remember if he clips or he pintos so hard. Like he literally comes down with his stomach on his seat like oh superman riding like nutting himself almost he's riding way down the grass bank maybe split off i don't remember but like absolute death if he would have tried it on, on, the, bank. on the actual part yeah yeah and that even made it more scary dude and then he's up there and he's smoking cools like he must have gone through like a whole pack of cool like 18 cigarettes straight dude just smoking smoking waiting waiting it's hot out everyone's sweating and by the and by the time he goes he goes all right, I'm going, whatever he said. And I just, you knew he was going, dude. I hit the record and I was trembling. I was so nervous at the time. I'm, I'm the, I'm on the bottom filming towards it, you know? The yeah. Gap. And I remember my hands were just trembling, dude. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to mess up this footage. So I had, I took the biggest breath I possibly could and I just hold it. And that stabilized my hand. For that 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That was the only way. Otherwise, I was literally just... The camera's shaking, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just stabilizes my hand for like 10 seconds. That deep breath. And he does it. And he rides away. And it was just... Dude, that is that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's, life, it's, sure. it's insane. It really was the top thing. I mean, that that whole part, that whole video. I mean, he, the, the way you approach street riding, really, in that video. I feel like your street riding kind of came to a pinnacle with just the way you ride. Uh, Davey just coming out, you know, mm-hmm. Hoder just 
Yeah. Showing everybody what he, who else had a Kimbrough part. Kimbrough still killed it too. Yeah, Kimbrough filmed the part in three days. In three, yeah, it was like something like maybe five, but it was a full like a week. Yeah, he came out and his and back was, was jacked too, right? He was so injured, dude. He came out and he goes, "I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to film." And he filmed that. And that's what's amazing about that facade edit, dude. He literally filmed it in a week. Yeah, a day, a handful of days. He filmed that entire edit. It was super cool, and all just we didn't know if he was gonna have a part and. It came to, and then those guys, the way Holder delivered, man. And, I mean, truly the highlight of the video, you know. Yeah. When he did that, all that stuff. And then you get filmed for the Shola video. Yeah. Then we did we did Shola, eventually, and and I think that's where. And we who saw had it. the parts in that? You, yeah. Davey, Jack, Jack Maddock. Yeah. And then uh, Dr. Dr. and Tberg. And Tberg. And then we had like two. I had enough footage for two friend sections and leftovers I had bonus sections I, mean, I was filming a lot then. why didn't Mike have a part in that um I don't know you know he wasn't on at the time maybe he was doing something else I don't know what it was but we had our we had our team you know yeah and he wasn't on it for whatever reason um but um but yeah that was Davey I think that's when he really he hit it big really you know yeah stuff he did in that he, the kid wrote a lot he Dude, really that, that, that one double peg grind where he tries hopping over and lands flat on that kink rail. Yeah, he got knocked out there that first th- That was horrible. I mean, he went so hard that that he part. He really did. I know. Amazing writer. Um, yeah, I know I want to go through some of these questions everybody's sending in. Do you feel like we're missing anything that we're... Uh, well, here, here let's, let's go back really quick. Like, when you were growing up, who were some of... This, this is what I've always... Who were some of your heavy influences... You know, coming up in the Northwest, because the Northwest, especially in the early 90s, in the mid-90s, we were so disattached from, yeah. I think, the rest of the United States. You know, it just felt yeah. like if you saw something, it felt like yeah. you were seeing something in Australia. Right, you know? it literally was, yeah, yeah. Um, who are some of the people that helped influence your writing to become the way, you, you know, how you came up? Because, like I said earlier, I feel like we had such a... Un- our, at the time, I don't think we... We just thought we were kids that wanted to ride a lot, but when you look back, I feel like we had something special going on in the scene oh, at the we time. Oh, for sure. Well, biggest influence, Crew Jones, of course. Oh, God. What, dude? First video. Just, oh, okay, rad. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, rad. I, I would literally, I, I got, that was my first video. Um, yeah, that came before Ride On Headfirst. So I got, I had rad, and I would watch, you know, the intro. And the, the en- ending. And then just fast forward to the end. Just watch no, I, I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, who did it? Yeah. Know? Fast forward, of course, VHS. I, so that was like my biggest influence. That whoever those guys were, right? I didn't even know at the time. But um, and you come to find it, who is it? Monterno, Wilkerson, Fiola. Yeah. So in, anyway, those are my first influences. But no, aside from that, it was um, you know my first couple years riding. Even the, all all I knew was what I saw on Ride On and Head First. Yeah. You know, and then BMX Plus. So it was it was uh, Eddie Roman. It was Vic Murphy. It was. Mira, Miron, Hoffman, of course, McCoy, and then, you know, Volker, of course, and then just whatever we saw on the mags, dude. And, and then locally, like, in, oh, and, and then, then Northwest, like, who were people that, like... Well, I'll, I'll, you know, who I mentioned first, you know, Brett Hadley and Aaron Gunther and Liquor Store Dave, and then, um, then eventually... The PDX BMX crew, and... Yeah, I mean, you guys, dude, yeah, of course, you know, like, um, Ben Ward... You know, that guy, he was doing some crazy stuff. You know, people, Ben, ben was, people ben don't was understand. Dude. Ben was riding dirt jumps, and he was jumping. He was a sick dirt jumper, too. Ben opened up some lines at Burnside back in the day. Definitely did. Spine to pillar. Definitely. Still innovative, dude. Yeah. Yeah, 
No, he's he's such a creative guy. I'm so stoked. With what he's and then you used to write a twin fin and Ogre Jeremy a time. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, I mean, my partner Daniel. At the time, yeah. You know, of course, he's my my biggest influence at that time. And then you know, meeting Twin and Ogre, um, Bristol having quarter pipe airs ba- battles back in the yeah because you used to come then, ride vert a bunch with everybody yeah I did and then Andy Merrill I mean think, I think I met him when I was like fifteen you know and that was a really big influence of mine um, I think we're we're lucky that our crew most of the dudes all still you know, we can still get together and ride oh yeah isn't that neat yeah we're, we're I mean still riding actually maybe not as much but we're riding yeah. Right. And then don't forget Dave Tom. Dave Tom. <laughs> oh my god. I wish see how I didn't know him much growing up. And the first time I, I met him was down at um Kaiser Oregon with two hip. Remember Oh, for hip? the box jump show. Box well, jump you were show. there that day? I was there at Kaiser uh, was a bike shop. Yeah, it was uh Luarca's World of Wheels. Okay, World of Wheels. Okay, so um Dave Tom came up. With dude, he killed that box yeah, jump. Dude, he he flipped it. I think you know him. He did flipped it. One hand bar to one hand no foot catch. Yeah, or no foot flipped it. Excuse me, no foot flipped it. Oh, that was a great time. Yeah, Dave, Dave's a G. We're going to just run through some of these questions. Okay. Um, sends on. I just had people send in questions on Instagram. Mm. So, uh, uh, this guy's name is... I'm trying to... Jesus is not an option, or Jesus is an option, or... Oh, it's... Okay. So, he wanted to know... Um, Okay, we'll just hit this one. Uh, how did you come across doing the little documentary on the Brazilian writer that lived in the favela? Oh, Alessandro, yeah. What's his full name? Uh, I have to look it up. Alessandro Lima Tejas, I think. Okay, yeah, t- talk about that because if, if you guys haven't seen, Bruce did a, it's on the Snakebite BMX YouTube, he did a documentary of Alessandro and, and he lives in the the. I'm saying favela in Brazil, like born and raised in the favela, and he's just the gnarliest writer, and he has a gnarly story. Um, but yeah, talk talk about filming that little documentary. Um, so yeah, I was hanging out in Porto Alegre. It's a southern city in Brazil, beautiful city. Kind of reminds me of Porto in a way. Anyway, um, the short of it is that I met him through a friend, my friend William, down there staying with William. And he's just incredible. And you watch watch the video. Yeah. Just insane biker. He rode a motorcycle, dude, a delivery motorcycle at that skate park. Like yeah, you said you have more head. footage of him riding I motorcycle. do. I got to pull out. The, you need that footage. Yeah. And um, anyway, just watching him, not just the motorcycle, I mean, just insane. Doing he's like, doing like bar hop. The quarter pipe looked like, the bowl looked like it was a like a wedge barrier, to dude. Jersey barrier. It's a wedge to Jersey barrier. There's, there's no, it's not a vert quarter whatsoever. It's the sketchiest transition i aired out like an inch and thought i was gonna die and he's like blasting it dude yeah and you know can can look back the whole thing obviously influenced by hoffman yeah Hoffman's his favorite ever so um with that said he's outstanding bike rider and then you know one day i have some camera gear and we're riding the park we meet up there and i have some camera gear and a backpack and that my buddy's like um put your stuff over by his motorcycle and I look over and I'm like, I mean, this is Brazil. Already. Yeah. I'm like, where is it going to be safe around this park? You know, and there's a bunch of backpacks hanging on his his motorbike. Yeah. And all around it, people sitting around and everything. And I'm like, well, why would it be safe around that? This guy's bike. And they're like, well, 
you know, Alessandro, he's actually had to kill people in self-defense. Yeah. Coming up through the years. And he's obviously had that type of reputation and no one messes with him. So I'm like, geez, kill people, you know? And, and I'm, I mean, it interested me from that point. I was like, got to know more about this guy. And he's such an outstanding bike rider. I mean, some guy here coming from the favela, amazing bike rider. It just seemed like a really interesting story to me. Yeah. You know? And so the more I sat down to talk with them, I was like, you know, here I'm down there already. I'm filming. And one night I'm at William's house and I literally, I just stayed up. I didn't go to sleep till like four or five in the morning. I think it was just stayed up with a, a pad and a pen and started writing, uh, not just questions, but the format, the format of this documentary, the way I wanted it to go. And there you have it, you know, watch the documentary and pretty much just, I was just so stoked to meet this guy and document about his life. Yeah. It's just gnarly. See how good he got at riding bikes from where he came from. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, all right. Viking magic wants to know, if you can convince me to put Blueprint out on DVD, and if there ever will be a Blueprint number two. I think you're working on that. Good question, uh, Mike. Aren't you working on the number two? I, if we can all get together and ride. <laughs> if I can stop getting broke off. Uh, what free coaster do you ride right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Is it the Primo one? Do you have a... Or wait, who... Do you have a KHE or a Primo? No, it's not a KHE. I think I... I held on. I'm actually not running my signature ones anymore because I just want to hold on to them. I think you're riding a Primo. Probably is a Primo. Oh, uh, Caleb. So yeah, you got, got a Primo. Yeah, you have a Primo on. Okay, I'm riding Primo. Okay. Um, gosh, there's a bunch of questions in Spanish I don't know, Bruce. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite? Uh, Powell Petrowski wants to know. What's your favorite free coaster fakey trick downstairs? Oh, just on a well, yeah. What on feel, a basis? Yeah. Uh, I like cabs. Half, just, half yeah, cabs? just styling a cab is so nice, man. I'd say cab. Yeah, Seizing it out, popping it, and landing it right. Uh, migration. Mike wants to know when's the last time you did a one-handed bar spin to Fufanu, <laughs> and are you ever going to bring it back? <laughs> Did you influence this question? No, I, I sure. Um, no, uh, good question. No, uh, I don't know. Maybe if I put brakes on, you think we could still back. do one? Yeah, I could do one. I, I well, I did a little while. Who had brakes? I was riding their bikes, and I did a I did a uh, bar spin one handed tire tap. Oh, okay. So I'm sure I got the foo in me still. And where's a sub around here anyway? We don't have any sub rails. So, you know, yeah, we're can't can't be done anytime soon. But. Um, you know Jimmy, 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 um, Alaskan Jimmy, Wildcard, Wildcard, of course. He Sub wants Jimmy. to know: Do you have any big plans for riding or for your art around Portland? And is getting older making it harder to ride, or is finding time making it harder to ride? Uh, definitely the time, the time thing. Finding finding the time to ride. Um, getting older. No, I I embrace it, man. I actually having I'm having more fun on my bike now. Than ever, yeah. Like, you, you know, we're coming to that age now. We're we're just the control. Yeah, I always more than ever. You know what I'm saying? I like just going out and trying to make my bike riding feel like when I was 14. Just flowing around, exactly. Just flowing around the park or whatever. It's just yeah. so easier, so much easier now. Yeah. So it's stress free. But what's the other question? What do you say? Uh, he goes. Do you have any plans for your art and stuff around Portland? Oh, art around Portland. Um, 
Oh, dude, like any art shows? Or... Yeah, I'm still, I'm still drawing. You know, when I do you have any time. music stuff? I mean, a lot. We didn't even touch on your music stuff and art. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm a hobbyist with that stuff. Whenever I find the time, I'm still working on. I have an art piece I'm going to be releasing the next month or two. Whenever I get around, it's almost done. But um, I'd like to do an art show. I keep procrastinating, saying I'm going to. But it's just, I'm just passionate about it. You know. How many instruments can you play, Bruce? Oh boy! Well, I grew up. Piano. You're like Bruce is like a concert level pianist. I wouldn't say that. Not con. Not you used to be. Well, I used to play a lot, but now nowadays, you know, I'm just doing piano, guitar, singing, writing music. I've been in this band since 17 years. Pretty much the same guys, jamming music. So, uh, to answer your question, Jimmy, just going along with it. Whenever all right, I find the time, I will pursue more of. Pedal Grinds wants to know, with explosion of free coaster hubs, no pun intended, which I, I like that one, uh, who are some of the writers you enjoy watching today? Like uh, nowadays, modern writers. Um, does it have to pertain to free coaster? Writers? No, just tell us who, who Oh, okay, who, he said. I mean, you can just tell us who you like watching. Um, dude, the heart, straight up, the heart, and, and Lacey's my absolute favorite right now, dude, as we were talking before, yeah. just... His power, his style, just how big he goes, the trick difficulties. I mean, what's every single one of his video parts are just bangers. Yeah, we were just watching the cult, and you like, yeah. we were talking about Dak earlier. Yeah, and then Dak too, of course. But yeah, those are, I love watching those guys. Lacey and DeHart right now. Dakota, yeah, just pulled up one of his video parts last night. He's insane. Okay. Do, do, do. Flipping through this. All right, Dan Wild wants to know uh, whose idea was it for you to do the double kinker rail with the gold medal around your neck for the Diamondback ad? <laughs> that, that was mine, actually. Uh, Jeff Z was out at Woodward at the time. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And what was he? Is he just working there? I don't, was he working at the time? I'm trying to remember. I, I think he was there shooting time. something for. I, I don't know why he's, he's there. These are a bunch. Yeah. I don't know if he's like a counselor he, or yeah, shooting photos for, for Woodward maybe. I yeah. Don't know. But anyway, I was riding with him quite a bit. And I just won. And I was making that transition to street anyway. And they needed an ad. They needed a photo for an ad. Diamondback did. And I and I stopped him and said, it would be cool to incorporate street in this next one. Because I always had tons of ramp stuff yeah. already. And then, um, yeah, sure enough, we came across... That kinked rail. You slid the kinked rail with the gold medal around yeah, your Yeah, that'd be cool to do a handrail with a gold medal. Uh, AC Gates wants to know, what's your best memory of the old Nelson Canada contest? Ooh, best memory. Those those contests were epic. Yeah. I mean, if you lived in the Northwest in the early to mid-90s, you made sure you were at the Nelson contest. Yeah, man. Um, that'd be uh, Rob Sigety doing those... Owning his park. Yeah, Siggy murdered that park. Owning it. Biggest transfers, wall rides. Was Asada there? Oh, Asada was and, there. And Jay, and they're doing the Schwint. They were on Schwint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the, yeah, they were on Schwint. I mean, Asada, first time I saw him was on a Kuhara, then a Basic, yep. then a Schwint. Yeah, and then Andrew Ferris. Yeah. Sarah killing it. Yeah, too. killing it too. Uh, Stefano. Er, yeah, Stefano. Stefano's killing it. And then, of course, Daniel Randall going for the uh, the truck driver. Inward bar spin truck over, over the seven foot spine, seven foot spine like, massive spine. Dave Tom trying to flip that spine. That's right. Yeah, those are the those are the big highlights right there. All right, uh, James Van Camp wants to know what happened to Mortal Treason, your old band. Uh, well, 
I, I was having to fly into Alabama. I was living down in Alabama, you know, off and on doing the band thing. And, um, well, they kept going. I don't know. <laughs> they kept playing, <laughs> but I didn't keep going with them. That, you you know. played bass in the band, right? Yeah, I played bass for a minute. Yeah, for okay. like a year or so. But they ended up actually signing with a record label and touring and stuff. So, um, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> Hit Seth up for that. Uh, Sick Mac wants to know, Sick Mac, Sick Matt wants to know, uh, how did your time on Two Hip come about and, uh, you know, how'd that come about, you being on Two Hip Bikes there for a while? Oh, yeah. So, I met Ron in Portland. Wasn't there a dude tour? He was judging it. Wilkerson? Yeah, Might have been, yeah. I think, yeah, he was up here. It was like 2009 or something, eight or nine. And um, we actually met through a friend. We didn't even, it was not like BMX related the way we met. Yeah. Through another friend of ours. And... Ron, I think, needed a place to stay during a layover or the days. I don't remember what it was, but we hooked up and had the most amazing time. Like, as soon as we met, dude, it was, I mean, just locked and friends for life. And he's, um, we, yeah, just got to talking. He's like, hey, I'm still doing two hip. And I wasn't really doing much at all at the time. So we um, eventually made plans and I was helping two, help, two hip out, riding for him. Doing the team manager thing, doing sales as well, and that's how that came about. And then Ron kind of got too busy with life, and yeah, I mean, he started. He has a really successful um, a Brazilian acai cafe, yeah, in Santa Cruz, and, and they, that's kind of that took over the bike company, kind definitely. Of. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing great with that company, and they're actually they're expanding too, and yeah, another area. So, and that's understandable, you know, he's having to put his heart and soul into that. And, um, I think he can spend more time with his kid that way that too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But Ron, he's doing great, man. He just text me a little bit ago, actually. Uh, Trey Jones wants to know what it means. What means to you more being one of the most influential free coaster writers of all time or winning the X games against guys like Mira and Nyquist. And then he wants to know if he can buy your gold medal. <laughs> Not for sale. Sorry. I've actually been asked that too. No, don't think I'll sell that in my lifetime. Um, what means more? Yeah. Oh, geez, man. Um, two really significant times in my life. I mean, I don't know, man. The, you know, when the X Games thing kind of just came about unexpectedly, you know, so it, it's not really like something that I was aiming towards and all of a sudden I got and, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? It just came. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the free coaster thing, I kind of, you know, honestly look back and think, you know, the free coaster transition was like some of my favorite times. So the free yeah, coaster so probably stuff? The free coaster, just because it was, it was more fun. Right, you more, had more fun on your more bike? More fun during that transition than, than anything. Yeah. They're both good, though. I'm not going to downgrade the contest stuff at all. They're both good, but the free coaster thing was just a really good time through transition. Okay. So, um, Mr. DeLuna wants to know, what's one trick you wish you could still do that you can't anymore? Um, maybe tail whips. Yeah, I, I, you I always fought with tail whips. I, I, fly, I, did a, I landed one, pedaled a frame stand, actually, last year. Just Was it you and Bristol out. trying to Bristol landed a couple a while ago, too. I don't, I don't remember, but I did a fly out. I landed on the frame. I'm stoked. Probably tail whips, man. That'd be cool. Like, DeHart. Watching DeHart. I, I could watch him every clip do, do a, a tail combo and be fine with it, you know. But. 
All right, I think we just got a few more. Let's see. Did you ever think Free Coaster, who, who's this one? Tom Sillins wants to know. Oh, Tom, yeah, yeah. Oh, no contact with him for a while. I'm on the wrong dude. Aaron Wa Aaron Zwall wants to know if you thought Free Coaster Riding would ever become this popular. No. <laughs> no, put it, no, no. No, not at all? No. Why, why who were some it? of the dudes, like, when when no. you start riding a Free Coaster, who did you even remember riding a Free Coaster? Molinterno. That's it? I mean, Molinterno. And then, well, Ian Schwartz, take that back. Ian Schwartz was... You and Ian started, were about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, I mean, I remember Lucky. Yeah, Lucky. I mean... But I think Molinterno rode a coaster break. Like he did, yeah, yeah. But a free coaster. No. Like Frymouth and Frymouth, yeah. Kurt Schmidt did. Yeah. Um but uh no, I I never thought it'd get this big to where it's I mean I guess there's a lot of kids riding these days on shed. No, I know. I know standard. I yeah, I mean these ones are about the same, so yeah. I think that's about it. Is there anything you think we're missing out? No man, you got you got anything? Thank you. You got anything coming up right now? We we filming for Blueprint too. <laughs> um, no. Well, Jack Matt, I should give a shout out. I, I filmed a couple clips for Jack Maddock. You know, he's still up in Seattle doing his thing. He's got a video going to be released um, end of the year. Um, him and his buddies Elia and uh, Colton, I think, and um, oh, and Zane. They're going to be finish that video it looks awesome man. and you have some, some clips in that yeah i got some clips in that and jack has i saw some clips of his and it's gonna be a banger dude for sure nice out for that um no nah, man just grateful to see what snake bite and goods is you know doing doing you guys thing still really really pleased to see you guys success and the way you've influenced bmx in portland if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't have such a strong um support really even the biggest support for us in portland so thanks to Shad, good to be a Max. <laughs> Shut uh, up, fool. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Um, other than that, no, man, just doing my thing. Just I'm riding, a, I'm chilling. just riding, yep. Hanging out with my family. And um, that's about it. Thanks to my wife for my support as well, for her support. Better thank the wife. You better thank yeah, the wife. Yeah, got it. My dog. God, I love my dog. My, <laughs> my life these days. So, um,. Yeah, you think we covered everything? I believe so, man. All right. Thanks, Chad. All right, thanks for listening to us, guys. Sorry that we sound like two crazy old people. We are. Uh, but, uh, yeah, until next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for coming and listening to the podcast. Uh, if you guys can... Uh, go to wherever you listen to your podcast at and give us a review. Uh, that would really help us out. You know, it help, I guess, give us a boost in the podcast world. So, yeah, go do that. Um, until next time, guys, thanks. <laughs>